Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple truths of the enabling of an almighty God. Moses objected. He says, God, I, 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 I can't talk. God says, Moses, who made the mouth? Well, you did, Lord. Then be quiet. Isaiah said, I'm but a youth. God says, don't say you're a youth. I call you to be a prophet. Paul puts it this way, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of ourselves. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Having found themselves in the familiar position of an overthrow of their oppressors, the Israelites were again in need of God's guidance in Judges chapter 6. God's choice to lead them was Gideon. Curiously, accepting that God would actually give Israel the victory over the Midianites wasn't the initial concern, but that it is actually the God of Israel who is speaking to him seemed much more worrisome to Gideon. In a message titled, Gideon, the Weak Vessel, Pastor Xavier describes the agreed-upon sign of confirmation that it is really Israel's God who is speaking. Let's listen. Judges chapter 6, please. Quite an incredible historical account. Not a make-believe story. <laughs> historical account. Notice the commission of Gideon was in view of Israel's bondage in verse 1 and 10. In verse 1, the people of God turned their backs on Yahweh for the fourth time. The last verse of chapter 5, verse 31, tells us they had 40 years of rest, and they bring themselves back into bondage on their own. Now Israel was forced to make protective hiding places. Notice that in verse 2 at the end there, in the mountain areas, because of the Midianites, the dens, the caves, the strongholds, to hide their food as well as their, their own person and protection at times. They destroyed everything. No sustenance was left. Crop, sheep, oxen, donkey. Starving their people. When you get to verse 7 through 10, the cry of Israel from their bondage was met with a sharp rebuke, though, as they call upon God. Don't miss this. And he sent them a prophet. The prophet reminded them, notice, of their past redemptive history from the bondage of Egypt of God, their history. He said, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you out of Egypt, brought you out of the house of bondage. I delivered you from the Egyptians. Put them in there 430 years. God brought them out. The prophet reminded them of his past deliverance from the people of the land, notice, and out of the hand of all those who oppressed you and drove you out before you and then gave you the land. They were to not be intimidated by the false gods. Do not fear the gods of the Amorite in whose land you dwell. The commission of Gideon was in view of Israel's what? Bondage. Notice secondly, verse 11 through 24. The commission of Gideon was in view of God's enablement. Don't miss this. Verse 11, the manifestation of God to Gideon is given to us. The person is described as an angel. Now the angel of the Lord. This is a Christophany, an appearance of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament before the incarnation. The angel of the Lord presents himself as he sat under the terebinth tree there in Oprah, which belonged to Joash the Abizrite, this indicates the home of Joash, the father of Gideon. The occasion, notice, was as Gideon was hiding wheat from the Midianites, threshing wheat at the winepress in order to hide it from the Bedouin Midianites. The threshing of wheat, as you know, was done 
on high elevations. You pound the weed, you throw it up, the earth blows away the husk, and the weed comes down. Well, he's at a lower elevation. He's beating it, throws it up, they both come down on him. <laughs> Look at 12 through 16. The conversation between God and Gideon is given to us. In verse 12, the angel of the Lord, Jesus, initiated the conversation. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. I'm sure Gideon looked around. Where's he at? (laughs) Gideon had been unaware of the presence of the Lord. I'm sure he might even got startled. His only concern at this point was to not be detected by the enemy. Gideon all of a sudden heard Yahweh was with him and that he was a mighty man of valor. What a total contradiction of what Gideon was doing. He was afraid, threshing wheat in the wine press at the bottom of the hill rather than the top where the wind blows. What's going on here? Don't miss this. God was going to be with Gideon to deliver Israel from the Midianites. So God saw him and what, as what he was going to be, knowing the end from the beginning. But God didn't force Gideon. He didn't do this because he decreed it. Gideon had to respond to God. If Gideon wouldn't have responded, God would have got somebody else. He blamed God for their present condition. Listen to him in 13. Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? He blames God for not working miraculously on their behalf as in the past. And where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? Wow. He falsely accused God of forsaking them. In verse 13 at the end. But now, O Lord... The Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Gideon is blaming God for their past and their present troubles, while in reality the result was their disobedience to God's word. Verse 10, very clear. And we always want to blame someone else. Everything that ever happened in my life was a sum total of every decision I made. Nobody forced me to drink. Nobody forced me to get loaded. Nobody forced me to fornicate. I chose. I brought those things on myself. But our society today wants to blame everybody else. It's not your fault. Let me tell you, it's your fault. Own it up and go to God and then he can do something about it. Verse 14, the angel of the Lord commissioned Gideon. The practicality of his call is stated. Don't miss it. Go in this might of yours. It's a command. Just as you are, with all your weakness, all your flaws, all of mine, all of our corkiness, God will use you. God will work through you. There are no super spirits. Get away from looking to certain men that God has used, thinking that they're somehow special. They're not. They're just like you. The outcome of his call was then stated, and you will save Israel from the hand of the Midianite. You will. God's going to work through him, but he's going to be the instrument. The power and authority was stated. Have I not sent you? Underline that. There's the key. Only you can know whether God sends you to do whatever it's going to be. 
where he's going to use you in ministry, what he's called you to do. Only you. The pastor doesn't tell you. The elders don't tell you. Your walk with the Lord, he'll tell you how he's going to use you, what you're going to do. And there's your confidence. The confidence in knowing that God has sent you and me. The mystery of the divine and the human is throughout the Bible. God works through natural to manifest the supernatural. Look at 15. The personal humility of Gideon is revealed. Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. I think it's a combination of humility and at the same time, how do I get out of this? <laughs> Moses objected. He says, God, I, 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 I can't talk. God says, Moses, shut up. Who made the mouth? Well, you did, Lord. Then be quiet. Isaiah said, I'm but a youth. God says, don't say you're a youth. I've called you to be a prophet. Whoa. Peter said, depart from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. That's a good observation. Who am I to be used of God? Keep me humble. Notice the promise of victory was stated in 16. The covenant of God would be with him. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you. This is what fortifies me. This is what makes me a bold Christian. This is what makes me a bold preacher from the pulpit, that God is with me. That I'm to fear him and not man. The victory would be Gideon's. And you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. God working through him, but you're the vessel. But here's the test. You got to be careful that you don't take glory. You got to be careful that you don't forget that it's not you. You got to be careful that you don't get to a place, well, you know, God did pretty good, but I didn't do that bad. Look at 17 through 24. The confirmation of the angel of the Lord is given to us in 17 and 18. Gideon made a request to affirm. He was speaking to God. He asked for a sign. If I found favor in your side, show me a sign that I'm talking to you and you with me, God. So he wanted to offer him a sacrifice. Asked him not to depart. He goes and gets the goodies and he says, I'll wait here till you come back. And in 19 through 21, Gideon sought the appropriate offering to be offered. Now, Remember the context. They're, they're, they're taking all the crops. They don't have that much. So the, what he gives here, the particulars that are given here, he went to prepare a young goat, unleavened bread, an ephod of flour, meat, put in a basket, broth in a pot, and he brought them to him under the terebinth and presented to them. That's, that's a lot of stuff when they have very little food. And yet he's offering it to God because he knows it's God. In verse 20, the instruction were given to Gideon. Notice that. The angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on the rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. So Gideon responds in a reverent way, a fearful way, in a form of respect. Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. So Gideon said, alas, O Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. He thought God was going to kill him because in the Old Testament it says no man can see God and live throughout Genesis and Exodus and many other scriptures, even the New Testament. And so the Lord Yahweh assured Gideon that he would not die. The Lord Yahweh said to him, peace be with you. Do not fear, you shall not die. Again, here we go. If God is calling me to send me to do something good and now I was thinking he's going to kill me, where, 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 where's that rationale come and sometimes our thinking is so contrary to the evidence of things that are going on. We conclude wrong things with the factors that we have. 
Gideon memorialized, notice the occasion here, with an altar. In verse 24, Gideon built an altar. Therefore, the Lord Yahweh, called it the Lord Yahweh, is peace. And it's there to this day in Oprah. Now, the word peace in the Hebrew means more than just tranquility. It's well-being, health, prosperity, a wholesomeness that comes to life. And that's what happens when we walk in the peace of God. Though things are falling apart all around us and everything else, we can have the peace that passes all understanding. It guards our heart. It keeps our mind. Because we keep our eye on him, we look to him. God is always looking for individuals who are willing to be commissioned to be used by him. He's not looking for talent, ability, self-sufficiency, people who are organizers, people that can raise money. He has not answered all that. He's looking for vessels who will yield and be used by God. That's all. Paul puts it this way, 1 Corinthians 1.27, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world, I presume you qualify, <laughs> to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen and the things which are not to bring nothing to nothing, the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. Luke 17, 10, listen carefully. So likewise you, Jesus says, when you have done all those things which you are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. I love that verse. After I get done doing what I'm supposed to do and command by God, I'm supposed to say, I'm a rotten servant. Wow. That's perspective. God always enables the ones he commissions, promising to be with them, proclaiming he has sent them, and promising he will accomplish all those things through them. Paul puts it this way, 2 Corinthians 4, 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of ourselves. The commission of Gideon was in view of God's Enablement. I never want to forget that. Third and last, 25 to 40, the commission of Gideon was in view of repentant obedience. 25 through 27, the Lord sent Gideon to oppose the worship of Baal by his family and set up the worship of Yahweh that very night. If he calls you and saves you, he calls you to obedience. He was to destroy the altar of Baal in verse 25. Take his father's bull and the second bull of seven years, tear down the altar of Baal uh, and the image of, a wooden image of Asherah there. There's the worship of Baal and Asherah, the consort, the male and female, gods of fertility, the god of storms, here by the wooden image. And the whole city is, is, is involved in this. And they're supposed to be the people of God. Okay? His, his father's house is the very place where it's at. And then in 26, notice, he was to build an altar of the Lord in his place and offer sacrifice. So he was to replace it. He tells them on the top of the rock, in the proper arrangement, the second bull was to be offered, and the wood of the, of the false god was to be used to offer the sacrifice. Does God have a sense of humor or what? And by the way, the burnt offering means dedication and consecration totally consumed. That's what's symbolic of. A burnt offering was, Lord, I'm yours completely. Total dedication and consecration to God. Then in 27, he took 10 men with him. They had not bowed their foot and their need to bail. God steers one person to all of a sudden just draw others who are not part of the false following. 
So Gideon took ten men from among the servants that did as the Lord Yahweh has said. But because he feared his father's household and the men of the city uh, too much, he did it by night. So he knew that if he went out there by day, they were going to kill him. Again, God wants you to use common sense. You know, as a Christian, you don't put your brain in your back pocket and sit down. You think. You think critically. In 28 through 32, the men of the city declared their consternation. They're ticked off. In verse 28, in the first part of 29, they seen the altar torn down in the morning, inquired as to who had done this thing. Notice the inquiry led to Gideon. They asked, and they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, he has done this thing. And so the man demanded the execution of Gideon for his deed. Bring your son out that he may die because he has torn down the altar of Baal because he's cut down the wooden image that was beside it. Here's the, the people of God going against the worship of God and condemning someone who's desiring to worship God. The father of Gideon opposed the man in 31 and 32. God used the occasion to turn Gideon's father back to God and gave him wisdom to respond properly. How fast does it take for God to change a person's heart and mind? One thousand of a second. All your doubts, all your excuses, all of that are gone, poof, gone immediately if you repent. But Joash said to all those who stood against him, would you plead for Baal? Would you save him? Let the one who would plead for him be put to death by morning. If he is God, let him plead for himself because his altar has been torn down. That's good. Hey, if you're a God, let him wipe him off. In the scriptures, Ezekiel from chapter 40 on, God says, I'm God. There's none beside me. I'm the end from the beginning. I walked up and down this universe, cruised up and down. I've never bumped into the end of God. But if you have, tell me things before they happen. So when they happen, I can call you God. No one's ever taken them up on it. The father of Gideon honored his son by giving him the name Jerubabel. Let Baal plead against him because he has torn down the altar. The name Gideon means sure. Jerubabel means let Baal contend, indicating he was an antagonist for Baal. Later on, the name will be changed a little bit, Jerubabesh, in 2 Samuel eleven twenty one, which means shame will contend. So we get a second aspect of the name. Gideon let the town back to Yahweh, one man. One obedience. Notice 33 to 35, the stage for the battle now was set. The enemy passed over the, or from Jordan and uh, encamped against Israel. Uh, the Midianites, the Amalekites, uh, in verse 33, the people of the east gathered together and they crossed over and camped there in the valley of Jezreel. Jezreel is between uh, Mount Mori and Gilboa, the territory of Issachar, not to be confused with the plain of Ezralon and uh, the plain of Megiddo, but they're all in the very same area, but they're different. Now, notice the Lord equipped and enabled Gideon for the victory in verse 34. It says, but the spirit of the Lord Yahweh came upon Gideon. Then he blew the trumpet and the Abyssalites gathered to him. Literally, he clothed himself with Gideon. He clothed Gideon. It's the spirit of God that enables us, that makes us new creatures. The man Gideon sent messengers. He blew the trumpet to gather for the fighting men from Manasseh all throughout there. Also Asher, Zebulun, Naphtali. They all came to him. So God commissions this man and God is preparing the heart of the people and he puts it together. All he had to do was blow the trumpet. God is working together to do it together. In 36 to 40, notice the commission. 
was through confirmation. Gideon placed a fleece before the Lord. The condition of Gideon was stated to God. Listen, Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand, and you have, as you have said, look, I shall put a fleece of wool in the threshing floor, and if there's dew in the fleece only, and it is dry all around the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. 36 and 37. Then in 38, the Lord confirms the request of Gideon. It was so. When he rose early in the next morning and squeezed the fleece together, he wrung the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. A miracle. No if or but about it. Just a miracle. Then in 39 through 40, Gideon reverses the fleece to be sure that it's gone. The condition was stated again to God. Gideon said to God, do not be angry with me. He knows he's pushing it. But let me speak just once more. Let me test, I pray, just once more with the fleece. Let it now be dry only on the fleece, but on all the ground. Now let the loop do be there. The Lord confirmed the request. God did so that night. It was dry on the fleece only, but there was dew on the ground. A true miracle. Now, should we put fleeces for the Lord? No, absolutely not. This was a historical miracle that God allowed to happen for whatever reason, but it's not for us. And I've known people who have done this, and, 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 and again, you know, they, they usually put a fleece at a soul general. Lord, if you want me to, to go this place, then let the phone ring the next two weeks. I mean, I mean, I mean that's not a fleece, you know what I mean? And, and they get wrapped emotionally in it, and I've seen people make mistakes. I've, seen, I've known people that have gone to the mission field when God never sent them because they put fleece that are so general. Or they put a fleece and then they go out to fulfill that fleece. You know what I mean? God will confirm his call, his sending to you through his word. Not through your emotions, not through fleeces. A.W. Tozer wrote the following. He says, a true and safe leader is likely to be one who has no desire to lead, but is forced into a position by the inward pressure of the Holy Spirit and the pressure of circumstances. God prepares our heart and he enables us by that occasion. It isn't our own doing. The enabling of God will be to clothe us with his Holy Spirit, with the gifts necessary to accomplish the work that he commissions us to do. No other way. He will speak to our hearts about what he sends us to do, to be his vessel. Weak as you are, you will be strong. We'll get into this when we see him defeat the Midianites. The commission of Gideon was in view of repentant obedience. And so God's commission to Gideon, being the fifth judge to deliver Israel from the Midianites, has unfolded in these three movements. The commission of Gideon was in view of Israel's bondage by their own doing. The commission of Gideon was in view of God's enablement, not his own. The commission of Gideon was in view of repentant obedience. Without obedience, repentance is worthless. It's not genuine. There's no way. And so may God give us wisdom in view of all the junk that is being taught in the church today. 
that you use the word of God to judge truth, that you do not follow a man, and God will use you in a mighty way. Pastor Xavier Reese, illustrating with Gideon God's ability to enable those who are obedient to his call. And this study titled Gideon the Weak Vessel is available on CD upon request for just $4. Having your own copy allows you to review the study again at your own pace. Plus, we'll be able to include everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. So once again, the title to ask for is Gideon the Weak Vessel, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com